music, news, interviews, live events, and more. Welcome to the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Hey, it's Matt Pinfield, and this is the Hivecast. And my guest today is Emily Haynes from the band Metric, who uh, formed back in Toronto in 1998. And I first discovered the band, as Emily knows, back in uh, 2003. Went up to see them in Toronto at, like, Canadian Music Week or the Toronto Music Festival. And they were amazing. Uh, like Patti Smith and Chrissy Hine before her, she has a thing that appeals to both male and female. All right, welcome, Emily. It's great to see you again. Now, your shows and your performances are extremely emotive, and you found a way to relate to your audience lyrically. I notice I just see the way people just get completely engaged in your lyrics and your vocals. Sure, I mean... You know, first of all, it's very kind of you to say to say these things. I, you know, I guess for whatever reason, I always felt like it is the role of the musician, the artist in our lives. You know, the people that we look to to sort of um, express the inexpressible. You know, the confusion everyone feels, and that music, lyrics, art, these things help us uh, kind of navigate. Um, ultimately, feeling pretty isolated and pretty freaked out. I don't. I don't feel like it's particularly for for women more than guys. I mean, you know, I look out at metric concerts, it's pretty it's pretty 50-50. I think it's an interesting thing though too, you know, about gender in this time. It's different I think than in the era of, you know, these greats that you reference of, you know, Patti Smith and Chrissy Hind and so many incredible artists from the past, but I think people young people, you know, socialize differently in this era. It's like I think there's a more of an allegiance between guys and girls than there ever has been in a social way. You know, it's like they go out together. It's like I see them at our shows. There's like five people. It's like three guys and two girls. They're all friends. And then maybe two of them will fall in love and maybe they won't. And maybe they, you know, it's like there isn't so much of this rift between like guys and girls so much as, you know, it's more tribal and it's more like people have differences based on larger ideas about, you know, politics or or other things. But I don't feel like there's a big problem between men and women in, in the young, in like this, the kids that are coming up now. I feel like they've overcome a lot. You know, Emily, I think it's great that you duetted with Lou Reed on the new album Synthetica. I know you're a huge fan of his. Uh, we all are. And I think he really appreciates the edge that you bring to your music. Well, it's great. I mean, to speak to what you just said, I, I always have felt like, look, I don't feel like being in like over on the pink stage, I want you know, in the pink tent, separate world of what? Like, who cares? Female-fronted band, it's such a bore. Like, who cares? Although, as an aside, it is pretty funny because you could, as a female artist, it's like you could pretty much, you know, rip off any male artist in the history of forever blatantly and no, it will never occur to anyone to compare you to anyone other than another female artist, which is pretty classic and kind of some sort of, you know, justification that you get, yeah. you get something back. But... Uh, no, I mean, Lou, that's why I feel like we really clicked, you know, when he, when I met him, he's not like, oh, it's the synthy chick from the dance rock band. He sees that I'm a writer, you know, and he's and the first thing he said is, you know, who would you rather be, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? And of course, I said the Velvet Underground. So <laughs> and, uh, you know, our friendship, our connection, you know, we just played at Radio City, He joined us on stage and I surprised him uh, by saying, hey, we got this version of Pale Blue Eyes we want to do. Are you up for it? And yeah, it was, he was really, he was game, which is great. Um, but there's, you know, when we're performing together or even just having a conversation, what I really respect about that man, and I hope what he sees in me is just like a desire to to be spared all the floral language of bullshit and just say what you mean. Emily, the band's been together, as I said, since 98, and you've been writing 
uh, with the band for years now. Now, when it comes to that writing process, where do you go? Where's the well of stories that you take things from, the personal experiences? I mean, do you go to a certain place to write? Do you need to be isolated? Uh, what do you do? Uh, you know, I think I've always gone to the same place ever since I was a kid when it came to writing. It's always been sort of a meditative place. Uh, you know, I had the good fortune of having a family that, you know, encouraged me and permitted that, gave me that space at the piano, you know, and uh, that's, I don't know that it's even really changed from when I was a kid. You know, I started writing really young and so it's always kind of my way of um, synthesizing all the things that were coming at me from all around me. And uh, a lot of times I'm writing from a place of compassion for other people um, and, and trying to, you know, you can play around with the pronouns to, you know, when you're when you have something come to you, like I was working on something just the other night uh, where I had this feeling of my sister, like I just had this sense of just a, for a, a flash of kind of compassion for a certain aspect of her life and something How she's experiencing. She? She's older than me. She's like 10 years older. Um, but I had this moment of realizing that, like, in order to really capture what I was feeling, compassion for her, you make it a personal statement about yourself. Like, you kind of take that external thing that you imagine someone else feeling and you you make it your own by speaking and imagining what it would feel like. So I, I play around a lot with, uh, with compassion, but also with, like, calling out what I think is, you know, where I think I'm completely full of shit and where I see the things around me. You know, you've always remained, Emily, incredibly busy. And by the way, congratulations on the Twilight soundtrack, because that track, believe it or not, opened up a whole new world of young people to discover metric. So uh, I think it's great that you've been busy. And take your work with Broken Social Scene. That's the Toronto Collective, for those of you listening. It was started by Kevin Drew and Brendan Canning. And it's fluctuated between six and 19 members at a time. Of course, Feist has been a part of it. So what's the difference between the way you work and write your lyrics and apply them between Metric and the work that you did with Broken Social Scene? Uh, well, those are two totally different worlds. Broken Social Scene is done. Yeah. I mean, my friendship with uh, those guys, is that's that's what it was always about. You know, um, throughout the years of starting out with Metric, we always did the stuff with Broken because Kevin's, you know, he's been my friend since I was 15 years old. We're going to, like, write together and hang out. So, you know, the, those friendships are alive. The thing is dissolved. Um but, you know, your other question of how do you balance the lyrics with the band is it's actually kind of uh, my favorite thing about being in metric is that is that like, you know, my whole life, I feel like I've had people being like, why can't you just sit quietly at the piano and play us a nice song like a good fucking girl? And I'm just like, because I don't want to. But I, you know, I like to take that place of ultimate vulnerability and translated into an act of courage, you know, which my band is, that's the whole function of our friendship and the musical connection that we have is to take, put huge confidence, energy and power behind the most, you know, fragile of sentiments. Like, you know, I tremble, you know, but then, you you know, I can play that, I'll sing that in front of 20,000 people, 40,000 people at Lola or like, you know, Radio City that. the other night, no problem. You know, it's to me much more interesting to take a fragile emotion, something that truly does shake you to confess or present and to do it like on a massive scale instead of just, you know, whispering at the piano. And I've, you know, any critics I've faced throughout my career, it's always been that sense. It's just like, oh, you know, what does it make you uncomfortable? 
Like you don't understand why I can't just sit quietly and make pretty little cooing sounds. It's like, because I don't want to. You know, I think it's really cool that your father is a Canadian poet, Paul Haynes. So I'm guessing that you grew up in an atmosphere of, you know, appreciation of the arts and expression and music. And uh, that must have been quite an influence on you as a kid. But what are some of the things that you like to do outside of that? Do you ever get to take any personal time? You're such a workaholic, and I know you're always working on a project. Ah, well, yeah. I mean, I wish there was so much more time in life. Um, You know, I know I got to have kids, so, you know, I just got to figure out how and when. Um, My family, you know, my father was a writer. I owe a great debt to his, his life, and, you know, this particular time in New York, being here, you know, with Lou on stage, playing Radio City, all this stuff really brings back um, his spirit. You know, my mom came up from Canada and, you know, the work that he did, uh, you know, like recording Albert Eiler and, yeah. you know, working with Carla Blay and doing all this really heavy stuff. He's just a small town kid from Vassar, you know, yeah, and he was badass. And he and he his love and respect for music. I've, I mean, he wasn't a musician, but he was everything in his life was music. And he. The, his respect for language and his respect for 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 music i mean he the i can't really overstate how he instilled that in me so my family is very important to me my mom is you know incredible as well in her way of being and my you know i really love my family i don't i don't get to see them you know i live my life uh it's pretty much you know what the the sort of cliche is it is a, it is a like a rolling stone and it does get kind of lonely um out there but then the the trade off is, you know, I think I would go crazy if I tried to stay put. And my band is like my best friends and my family too, you know. Well, I'm sure your band will make sure that you're never too lonely. And we want to thank you for the great music, Emily. In fact, five albums in. Look at this, Synthetica. It's taken off for the band, and I just want to say congratulations on all the good things that are happening. Emily Haynes from the band Metric. Pick up the album Synthetica. I'm Matt Pinfield, and you've been listening to the Hivecast. This has been the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. For all things music, news, interviews, live events, and more, go to mtvhive.com.